Hi, I'm Les Heron, and this is my podcast, The Journey Life with Les Heron. Please be sure to subscribe, to like, to follow me on Substack. You can also follow me and look for me on Facebook and YouTube, uh, The Journey Life with Les Heron. I I love comments. I love feedback. I'd love for somebody to follow me on iTunes. That's where most of the podcast listeners are coming from or iTunes and actually from my Substack articles. So check me out over there. That would be awesome. I want to give an update on what I've been doing. I've been traveling a bit. So I spent about nine days in Colorado up near Durango, Pagosa, Southern Colorado. My sister traveling with five of her kids, visiting one of her kids up there also who's an adult child. And so I got to hang out with them, go fishing, enjoy the cooler weather up in Colorado. Then I spent, uh, I drove up to the Two Mile High City. I like to call it the Two Mile High City. I don't know if anybody else calls it that, but it's the, um, it's Leadville, Colorado. It's over 10,000 feet in elevation. And that's just a super cool place to just be and to look at all the mountains around it and to uh, breathe some rarefied air. Got home. I drove up there. I got home, then got on a plane a couple days later and flew to Washington. Uh, flew into Seattle, visited a buddy at Life Church 7 in Richland, Washington. He's got a school of ministry there at a really good church. And just enjoyed that. My daughter went to camp. I worked up there, and I got to just hang out again. Really hot weather in the in Washington desert but also very cool, like 62 in the evening. So that was really nice. That's what I've been doing. I hope you're doing something that you want to do, something that's exciting, something that's built for you or that you're built to do, because that's part of the journey of life is to find out how you were created, what you want to do in life, and then how you're going to start doing those things. So something I've been working on is a book called Devilish Dialogue. It's uh, something I'm creating through artificial intelligence and chat GPT. And it's based on Suess Lewis, Suess Lewis on C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters. If you haven't read The Screwtape Letters, you need to go over and get it. You can buy it on Amazon, paperback or Kindle. I don't think hardback's even available now. It's probably 50 or 60 years old. I, I'm not exactly sure if it was written in the 40s or the 50s, but check it out. I'm a... Uh, uh, creating something similar to that. If you get on my Substack newsletter, you will find some of the chapters in there. It's basically going to be about 40 to 50 letters that are conversations between a junior demon and a senior demon. And it's going to cover social media, you know, Facebook, cancel culture, pornography, things like that, about the enemy's plans to use that to distract you, to trap you, to move you away from your loving Heavenly Father. So in that vein, I've been you know studying and looking at uh, the demonic and things like that. And what's really interesting is that we really struggle a lot when it comes to talking about demons. I don't think we do a very good job of, with it because... We don't allow people to think we're weird when we talk about demons. And, 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 to, and to talk about the supernatural, you have to give allowance for people to go, that just sounds weird, or that just sounds stupid, or I don't believe that happens anymore, or you don't have any proof for that. We have to allow people's doubt and disbelief to be spoken out, to be 
lifted up to be talked about, not for us to expose it, but for them to, because of our conversation, because the way we're having good conversations, curious, um, clarifying conversations that people will engage more freely because we seem to have two different parts in the church. Okay. There's one part that they don't exist. Demons are no longer a problem. They are gone after the church was gone, after the Holy Spirit uh, no longer manifested in tangible, real ways, that's when demons stopped. And then there's this other side here, is that everything that happens is a demon, and they're demon hunting. There's a demon under every problem, all right? And it almost, it, it's, it's an odd, imbalanced thing. And I'm not proposing there's a, there's a compromise where you water down both. I'm, I'm just proposing there's a third option that demons do exist and they exist and if we if we think about it and we get clear on scripture and what we see in the world we can probably find out more about how they're operating in the world today so i'm going to go over some of that i'm going to actually go over um several areas probably six or seven areas i can't remember exactly where i'm going to end on that because there's always more if i say there's six areas there's always more than that and some of those areas can be combined together. But for clarity and teaching, we like to, you know, put numbers on things. We like to divide things. But when it comes to applying to your life, you really need to hear the the poetry or the rhythm of what I'm saying, not the here's the six ways and there's only six ways. And because that's just annoying when when preachers do that or when people take everything as law that was spoken. Okay. So it's interesting because I think it was uh, 2019, 2020, they did some uh, a survey on for Americans of do you believe in ghosts, demons, other supernatural beings, and or vampires? Yeah. So what's interesting is they put demons in there with vampires. And I have my own opinions on the differences between ghosts and demons and, and, um, aliens and things like that i'm not going to get into that here because i don't think there's a lot of scripture for me to utilize when it comes to to aliens but statistically 46 percent, about four four and a half out of ten of your friends believe in ghosts demons or other supernatural beings and that's a that's a tenuous uh fragile i believe in that because when they broke it down to just it to demons that 22% of everybody says that demons absolutely exist, okay? I'm sorry, I got that wrong. 22% of the 46% believe that demons absolutely exist, and 24% of that 46% of Americans believe that they probably exist. And when it comes to ghosts, it's about the same. It's 45% people believe that uh there's ghosts and it breaks down to the about the same what's interesting is that republicans and democrats the republicans believe more in demons ghosts and supernatural beings than democrats but when it comes to ghosts they're a lot closer in the percentage of how much they believe about them another interesting thing is that they added vampires uh, because for me a vampire is just of course mythical it's something that's fun to watch on TV or in a movie, and that's it. Um, 
And but they did poll and 13% of the population polled believed in vampires. So just one out of 10 people believe in vampires, while about four out of 10 believe in demons. So that's what that's our starting point. I'm going to assume that mostly Christians are listening to this. So I'll assume that at least four or more out of 10 believe in demons. All right. And I want to get put a, 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 a caveat here, a small addendum that that I do believe in in the demonic. I believe the demonic is active. I believe it's there. I believe it's not everywhere. I believe it has very little power over what we do when we're aware of it. But I think when we're not aware of something and something keeps happening, that we can think about what uh, demonic is at play there. I'd also like to add that I do believe that there is a... Um, we have the ability to cast out demons, but before I, I'm not going to talk about that, but I want to, I want to present this idea before I get started on the, um, while we struggle with the demonic, which is so common in scripture, by the way, I'm going to do another short article or short podcast on how common it is that the demonic is in scripture and why, why we would think that it's like not here today, but the demonic, when I talk about the demonic, I, I want to talk about not just like there's a demon like here and whispering things to me, and then there's an angel here speaking things to me, and I have to choose. I think that is, you know, the, Satan's the great deluder, that he's the liar, he's the king of all lies, the father of lies. I think there is a constant um, whisper of the demonic and the more we uh, stay away from things of the spirit of the holy spirit the more prone we are to hear those things the so more. this podcast is about why do we struggle with what is common in scripture and i've established i hope in another the the previous podcast how common the demonic is in scripture and at the same time, I want to establish that when I'm talking about the demonic, I'm not talking about anything goes and everything is the demonic. I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not advocating a specific way to cast out demons or to think of demons. I haven't, for this podcast and for this writing I've doing the last couple of weeks, I've not written down what I believe in how the demonic looks and operates. And I'll, I'll talk some about that, but I, I want to have to have a clear picture that the demonic isn't just going to be the devil showing up on your shoulder and whispering to you and counter arguing what the angel or the Holy spirit or Jesus is speaking to you. Although that's not a bad imagery for some of the demonic, the lying, the deceit, the invitation into not sinful activity per se, or not sinful activity alone, but the, the invitation into disbelief, the invitation into pride, the invitation into, I know how this works, so I don't have to learn anymore. I don't have to listen anymore. All right. So that's one present could be one presentation of the demonic. There's definitely a an overcoming power of the demonic it very it's very limited cases 
there's also a, 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 a which is like an overtaking of the body. I have a couple really bizarre stories of that. I've never really dealt a lot with that of maybe maybe a handful of times, maybe two handfuls of times. But there's 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 another demonic presence that is that is sensuous, that's worldly, that's a trap of thinking in your mind, a rut of thinking in your mind. I think that the, we miss out on when we're talking about the demonic, we miss out on that part right there, that there's something at play in our soul that is demonic, all right? We make it out to be physical a lot of times, but there's something in our mind and our emotions that's a demonic force. There's something there. And now that I'm saying this, I'm going in this direction. I'm thinking I need to like think more about that and find out more about that. But in my experience, it's like your mind presents and your emotion presents. And sometimes you don't know why it's, doing what it's doing or why you're responding the way it's responding. And there's something behind the scenes that's aggravating your soul, your mind, your emotions, your will. And I think that is a piece of the demonic. And we see that when it says there's, there's sensuous worldly wisdom. There's, there's a carnal knowledge that the, of the flesh. There's also one of the soul and I think that's where, as Americans, as educated people, I think that's where the demonic resides most of all. But I don't want to negate that if you're having problems in your long-term problems in your life with your ability to do something or your ability to not do something, I would suggest you begin to ask the Lord, is there a spiritual dynamic going on here you don't have to even call it demonic but there might be a demonic whisper a demonic wisdom that you have built this part of your life on that you you're trapped in that rut things in life are pretty good you look pretty good but when it comes to this one area you fall into this rut it's like you're walking along and somebody says something and your self-esteem plummets and the enemy's like kicking you into that rut. And then you walk in that rut for a while, you get depressed, you get tired, you get anxious. And that's not an abundant life. There's abundance around us, but abundance lifts all the boats in a harbor up. It, it increases the vitality of all around us. And that's the truth we go after. That's the, the journey life way is to go after the deeper truth the deepest truth of what's happened at the cross and allow it or help it or give uh, scaffolding to it to manifest in us, in our minds, our bodies, and then through us, okay? So I'm going to go back to this idea that if you have problems that are persistent, consistent, let me give you an example. You have a problem with a child that's consistently, consistently rebellious, consistently disobeys, cons or, or consistently is anxious, consistently can't make friends, 
I, as a parent, would start digging in in my prayer life, asking the Lord through Scripture, show me what the root cause is. I think that's some demonic stuff because I don't think we get to say, hey, we're born into sin. We're born a sinner and everybody needs a Savior. And then we get a Savior savior, and then say that, hey, but all of our all of our soul, all of our thoughts and our emotions that 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 were damaged or that we were born into or that we inherited from our family of origin, that then those are all just all okay. We just see in regular life that's just not true. That people can be say like I myself, 61 years old, got saved and baptized at seven. That's a long time got spirit filled with the manifestation of tongues and when I was 13 in uh, Ashland, Oregon, when I was living in Grants Pass, Oregon, and I still have problems every single day. And a lot of them are, they're no longer the physical problems that somebody can look at me and see. They're the relational or the in my soul problems. I just want to encourage you to be looking for spiritual issues and spiritual solutions because a lot of stuff that people are working against and fighting against when it comes to relationship comes to finances comes to their job comes to their ministry their spiritual issues that they've never looked at is there an enemy here that's actively seeking to kill still and destroy Not just generally, oh, the devil's bad. He's out there to kill, steal, and destroy. But specifically, what is the enemy of my soul seeking to kill, steal, and destroy? And then don't do, you know, I'm going to go get a demon cast out. I'm going to, you know, do these incantations of getting rid of this, this demon. But is there a demonic wisdom that's leading my life in this area that I've bought into that opposes the way of the kingdom. Wow. That is a long introduction. Okay. So we're talking about why do we struggle with what is so common in scripture? And again, there's another podcast and, and an R I put it also in a Substack article, some scriptures about how common the demonic is in the New Testament. Um, I'm going to give you six reasons. I did go back and look, and there are six reasons I I wrote down here. So the first one is that we have a scientific worldview. Um, And I just put scientific worldview to mean that we're in a world, and we think in this way where science and data and reasoning and what can I see, what can I touch, what can I feel, what is is, uh, a... natural can i see what's in front of me becomes so important in fact so important it's hard to even think about that there's something under the something that there's something under what's going on that there might be a a demonic presence it's hard to reconcile this data this reasoning this intellectualism that we have that we honor that we go to school for, it's hard to reconcile that with a belief in the demonic, okay? And 
I'm going to use a, a scripture or two for every one of these, not to say we shouldn't be scientific, not to say we shouldn't be uh, reasonable or reasoning. I think the, 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 the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, the knowledge that fills the earth, those types of scriptures, I think, show us that there's a, there, there, there doesn't have to be a disconnect or a disagreement or um, anything like that between data and reasoning, but there is always going to be a tension between what you can see and what you cannot see. There's always going to be a tension be, be, between what you have experienced and what the Bible says you can experience. And so that tension is not, does not mean contradiction. That tension does not mean one is true, one is not true. You can have reason and you can have the supernatural and you can meld those together. It takes some, some time and some thoughtfulness and some Holy Spirit wisdom and direction, but it's possible, all right? The first Corinthians, uh, first Corinthians 18 says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Could it not be the devious plan of the devil, the devious plan of the enemy to make his very existence seem silly to us? Couldn't it be his plan to make it seem that we're foolish if we believe that he exists or that he has minions? Minions takes on a whole, I never thought about minions takes on a, on a whole nother meaning now that we have the Minions movie. They're adorable little creatures, right? But think about it. What a great plan of an enemy to sneak attack constantly, to live with you side by side, day to day, all the time, when you don't believe that he exists, even though he's there. And if you could open up another eye, you would see that he's there. And isn't it equally as devious to make the existence of a very present and very knowable Holy Spirit seem like something that should be kept in the New Testament stories, maybe stories for Sunday school, and that we don't get to enjoy the empowerment, the comfort, the counsel, the coaching of the Holy Spirit, or the presence of the Spirit of Jesus here on earth? We have to wait till we die and go to heaven. What a great plan of the enemy to keep hidden something brilliant like the Holy Spirit and something brutal that's devastating so much of the body of Christ like the demonic. Sounds like a pretty devilish plan to me. There's another scripture along this idea of intellectualism or the scientific worldview and and by the way, I don't mean scientific worldview, like just scientists, of course, I hope you know that, or just, but, but we have a mindset of, again, I've got to see it, I've got to feel it, I have to experience it to believe it. That, that actually goes counter to scripture that says, believe and you will see. Colossians 2, verse 8 says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on christ i like i like how the passion translation expands this passage quite a bit 
Beware that no one distracts you or intimidates you in their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom when they're filled with endless arguments of human logic. For they operate with humanistic and clouded judgments based on the mindset of this world system and not the anointed truths of the anointed one. I think that we really have to be okay with the foolishness of the cross, with the foolishness of the supernatural, with the foolishness of the manifestation and the tangible workings of the Holy Spirit in our lives and of the demonic. And I think this scripture, Colossians 2.8, applies to this second uh, reason why we struggle so much with what is common in scripture, and that is cultural influences. Now, we don't have a huge belief in supernatural beings like the demonic and things like that, and we see them as superstitious and outdated, and there's social pressures and norms and uh, things that uh, contribute to us being skeptical and and uncomfortable with these ideas. And we got to know they're there and be okay with that, that they're there, but we can't let them then entice us um, as they pretend to be full of wisdom, entice us into this argument for human logic of why the demonic doesn't exist. We've got to take our minds, put it back into the mind of Christ, into Scripture, and see how what Scripture is saying, see what the kingdom culture is saying, and see if the demonic is a real thing, seeing if the spiritual, supernatural realm that is that, that the scriptures talk about is real and present and alive today. Now, the interesting thing, when I said cultural influences, most of you thought the world. But I want to say that for, for many, many people, the cultural, the church culture, the cultural influence they really need to be worried about initially is the church culture. I don't mean someone else's church that you don't like. I mean the church you grew up in, the church you're in right now, the style of teaching you like, the the culture of the church you may love just may be in opposition to the kingdom of God and the way the kingdom works, all right? Being in church is a great place for us to be in church, to do church and to be church, all right? And the thing is, though, is that when we get so comfortable with what is the culture, we often, that culture dictates a, a smaller and smaller realm. And I think the kingdom of God culture, the kingdom of heaven culture, is expansive, and, and it engages and, and uh, clears up things, and it brings things in, and it purifies things. It it redeems things to their original intent. And church culture isn't able to do that. And so we need to put a high priority on the kingdom culture, not on church culture, not on the world culture. It is both. All right? And you'll be familiar probably with Romans 12, 2. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It makes it <clears throat> quite a bit longer, but I think it, it helps clarify do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes. All right? Got to love that kingdom culture. 
Got to love the culture of the kingdom of God. That's that's what that's what keeps us out of the pressure of the influence of the culture around us. I'd also add that in in this portion of portion of culture that the portrayals of the demonic and the supernatural in media and popular culture probably contribute to a big misunderstanding or big stereotypes that can further complicate our perceptions and our beliefs. Now, I'm not opposed at all to watching shows with demons in them, you know, but here, here, here's, here's, here's the big, but here's the, but that if you're at all wanting to be sensitive to the spirit, if you are sensitive to the spirit and you're sensitive and you really like the supernatural shows, then you're probably messing up, getting some 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 signals crossed and messed up as you're watching those things. All right. I think that watching all of these supernatural type things uh can be really uh a displacing power of your proper spiritual Holy Spirit imagination. I think that's what it is. You're you're replacing the Holy Spirit discernment, the Holy Spirit imagination of what does the demonic look like, feel like, how does it manifest? You're replacing that Holy Spirit imagination to see, to imagine what is unseeable and to operate in the unseen realm while you're replacing it constantly with Hollywood's imagination. And my friends, you do not want to replace your Holy Spirit imagination with Hollywood's imagination. It somehow, in some way, replaces our imagination in what is possible in the spiritual realm because our soul has been satisfied with the inferior, less nutritious Hollywood hamburger. Yes, I just used the less nutritious Hollywood hamburger. If you want to, if you're interested in, if you think you have discernment about you and you believe there's something spiritual going on, or even if you struggle with it, stop watching some of that stuff and start asking God to open your eyes and ears spiritually. Okay. Feeding on Hollywood's imagination, feeding on anything other than scripture is like you're headed to a fine gourmet meal prepared for you just by, just for you, by the finest chef in the world. And on your way, you look down and there's a bag from McDonald's here. Looks like it's been ran over, but you open it up. You, re you reach down, you open it up. You get some, there's a fries and a half eaten quarter pounder in it. And what do you do? You stop and you eat those floor fries and you eat that half a quarter pounder. Meaning you're no longer hungry for that meal you were just desiring 20 minutes ago. That meal you were headed to, that meal you had prayed about and imagined now doesn't seem like a big deal because your gut is full of, yes, your gut is full of floor fries and an eighth of a pounder. It would be an eighth of a pounder, right? Because it was a quarter pounder, 
half of it was eaten, and you ate half, so you ate a, an eighth of a pounder, and you ruined your meal, all right? So it's important. It's important for you to practice supernatural spiritual sensitivity. All right, this third reason that we struggle with believing in things that are common in Scripture is our personal experience. Our lack of personal experience with what might be considered demonic activity can lead us to dismiss the concept as unreal. I've never experienced it, so I cannot believe in it. By the way, lack of personal experience does not stop any of us from believing in the existence of the Revolutionary War or the Civil War. We read about it, and we believe that it happened. I do some Ancestry.com work, and I've got ancestors from generations that came to America, pre-America, in the colonies. Some, some, it's, it's, it's amazing, okay? All I have is pieces of paper and information. And, and I don't even have pieces of paper that, that, that are original. I have pieces of paper that my Aunt Ruth copied. But I believe, I don't have any personal experience with those people. But because of what I know about how I got here, ancestry, and because there's some parameters put in place, I believe that those things are real, that the people existed before me. All right. Now, and my lack of personal experience does not stop me from believing that a computing cloud exists somewhere where my data is stored. It's somewhere up there. I mean, I'm recording this and it's going to the cloud and I'm going to download it from the cloud and I'm going to edit it and it's going to go back on the cloud. And I believe in the cloud. I trust in the cloud. I just don't know where the cloud is or even how it works. Why? Because lack of personal experience doesn't stop me from believing in almost everything in my life. However, as Christians, we can be stopped pretty quick when we don't experience something that the Bible says we can experience, we should experience, or is our right to experience. And, and I want to tell you, it's, it's a bad excuse to say I've never experienced the peace of God, the peace that passes understanding, so I don't believe in it. All right? So there's this personal experience thing is like we have to believe. In, in Scripture often, so this is where I want to go with this. In Scripture, very often, we have to believe before we see. We have to believe before we see and our minds are constantly saying i have to i have to see before i believe i have to see before i believe i have to see before i believe we've got to believe before we see all right jesus shows up thomas doesn't believe that he's risen from the dead he doubts him we still call him doubting thomas which i don't know why we call him doubting thomas so many of us are doubting in so many areas but jesus emphasizes faith without seeing then jesus told doubting thomas because you've seen me you have believed that's great i'm not reading this this is my version of it then jesus told doubting thomas because you've seen me that's awesome that's great you believe now 
but blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. All right. And then we have second Corinthians five, seven that says, this is the NIV for we live by faith, not by sight. The passion translation says, for we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. My friends, do not think for one minute that your experience determines how life really works. Don't believe it. Don't think it. You read that there's a piece of past understanding of Scripture, pursue that piece. Believe in it before you experience it, all right? You believe there's a, there's a love and affection and a joy that's unspeakable? Believe it, and then you'll see it. Pursue it. If you believe the Holy Spirit's present and real and Jesus is a is a is an entity that's tangible and knowable here on earth, man, let's go for it. Let's believe that. Let's not wait, sit back, fold our arms and go, well, I'll believe it when I see it. All right. We don't want to be those people. We must constantly take our minds back to scripture, back to God's heart, back to his design, and say, God says I can experience blank in this time of turmoil, in this time of tragedy, of sin, of my own sin. So I will believe for, and I will pursue that thing, that peace that passes all understanding, that love that casts out all fear. I'll believe it, and then I'll expect that I'm going to receive those things I believe in. It is prideful. It is arrogant to believe that your experience determines how life works. And even more so, it is prideful and it is arrogant to believe that your experience and your thoughts and your reasoning is higher and more real than God's word. All right, so I am going to end right there. That was just three reasons why we have difficulty believing what's pretty common in the Bible. And uh, this common thing in the Bible we've been talking about are demons and spiritual warfare and stuff like that. I have three or four more, and I will probably do another podcast. I was going to try to get to all of them today, but ran out of time as this got longer and longer. But I'm going to probably do another podcast after I get uh, the devilish dialogues up and launched on Kindle, on Amazon with Kindle and paperback. So look forward to that. I look forward to that. I hope you look forward to it also. All right. God bless you. I love you all. Bye.